You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Amen. You can be seated and good morning to the 10 o'clock. If we're honest, many of us would say that we find it difficult to pray, or at least difficult to try to improve in, in, in our prayer life. Whether that's a, a sense of self-sufficiency that we have, or a, um, a fascination with social media, our, our busyness, or maybe simply not knowing what God says about prayer. Probably all of us in this house, at some point or another, if not this present season, we, we struggle with praying consistently. So Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, he reminds us to acknowledge our needs as we come to God in prayer. And then he reminds us as well that the ultimate reward of prayer is God himself. Most of us recognize and accept, at least intellectually, the need we have for prayer, the importance of prayer. I know this is true because often at a desperate point of life, you turn to someone and say, will you pray for me? And often probably people have come to you and said, would you pray for me in this situation? We try to remember to to pray for others, but that's probably not what one would call a, a vibrant prayer life. So my aim today is to move all of us in this room just one step forward in our individual prayer lives. I hope that's a modest aim, something that maybe we could do together this week, just one step forward. So if you pray occasionally or actually find it really difficult to pray, you could review the last month of your life and realize you haven't prayed at all, then maybe that one step forward would just be five to 10 minutes of prayer every day. That would be a step forward for us. Some of you have very healthy prayer lives, very vibrant, powerful lives of prayer. My hope is that you'll be able to say even after today that you know what your one step forward would would be. We have some resources these next five weeks as we're in this series called My Prayer Life Could Be Better, uh, including a a, a prayer journal that we have in, in the lobby when this gathering is over, if you're interested in that. Uh, you have to buy it, but we're not making any money. In fact, I think we're losing 21 cents per, per journal, but we have several hundred in, in, out in the lobby. Also inside of those journals, uh, we have a little prayer quadrant that can kind of help you maybe organize your prayers, maybe in a, in a new way. Maybe for many of you, this would be that one step forward. We have those prayer cards, those quadrants inside the journal. We also have about 500 additional ones just kind of around about in, in, in the lobby on the tables out there. Uh, on that prayer quadrant, you have praises and confessions and requests and answers, and maybe you could kind of take that as a, as a, a guide, a grid as a guide, and just kind of on, a, on your own prayer journal, your own notebook, or maybe if you want to get a journal today, just kind of make a quadrant out of it and put in those, those four quadrants, those four spaces, praises, confessions, requests, answers. And then you can do what, what I did on the screen here. You can just write out some things like, God, I, I praise you for your faithfulness to me. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. I I praise you that you're a God who's faithful to forgive. You can confess things like, God, too often I I struggle to love others in my own power. God, I'm gonna confess to you that I'm gonna need your strength in me to love others, to forgive others. You can write out a request. God, I need your help to help me forgive a roommate or or to heal my father, to heal my dad. Or maybe you can write out some answers as well in in that grid. God, thank you that that you heard my prayer. I needed to pass that test and and you helped me. I I needed you in that difficult moment in life and you were there. Thank you, God, for for, for coming through for me. I asked you for help and I just want to to let you know I I see your answer, God. That would be available perhaps for for you. For some of you, that might be that one step forward in 
in prayer this week. With your copy of God's Word, and I hope you have it with you today, would you turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to return to the Sermon on the Mount these next few weeks. There were some portions of that that we skipped in our series on purpose, so we could come back and pick it up here in this series on prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 5, and so I'd encourage you to open up your copy of God's Word. Go ahead and keep it open. We'll refer back to these passages all throughout the morning together. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. His disciples have come up close to him. These are those who are not half-hearted, but those who are, who are all in. And he begins in verse five by just that phrase, and when you pray, which I find interesting. He does not give us the if there, like if you think about praying, but it's, it's an understood, um, understood nature of a follower of Jesus in the kingdom of God. When you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse seven, and when you pray, there it is again, not if you pray, but when you do pray, Christian, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Stop right there. Jesus was warning the listeners in that day. And just understand he's warning us in this room today as well. How easy it is to just make prayer a ritual. Or to kind of make it a dry religious tradition. Well, I'm at church. I guess I got to pray. There's food in front of me. I guess I need to pray. I've got a test tomorrow. I guess I need to pray. This is, this is what, what Jesus is, is saying, warning us against, is just ritualistic prayer. That the ritual approach to prayer needs to be replaced by this reality of a poured out heart before God. And public prayer, while really good and even encouraged all throughout Scripture, is lesser than private prayer with just you and the Father. Pick it up in verse nine, Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Pray then like this. And now Jesus is gonna give us a model, some elements that we can use in our, our times of prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I want us to see three things this morning in the Lord's Prayer, which again, is, it's, it's an outline of, of elements you can put into prayer. The reason we know we're not supposed to pray like this every time, nowhere else does Jesus pray like this again. When he's in the garden in John chapter 17, he doesn't repeat this prayer specifically. He pulls out portions of it. When we see John and Peter and Paul writing the rest of the New Testament, we don't see the Lord's prayer uh, repeated again. So it's not, it's not a magical incantation. It's not something that you have to pray every single time. Yet there's things inside of this prayer that I think are very important to our elements of our personal time with the Lord. The Lord's prayer is filled with requests for help from God. So point number one is this. We pray because we desperately need God. This is why we pray. This is what removes the ritual. This is what removes the tradition. We pray because we desperately need him. Look at these words. Verse 11, give us. Verse 12, forgive us. Verse 13, lead us. Verse 13, deliver us. 
The attitude of our hearts in prayer is clear. We need God to do things for us. This is why we pray. Prayer is probably the most central, clear, critical expression daily of this reality. All of us in this room, we desperately need God. We need his grace. We need God's strength. We need his provisions for every day. We need his wisdom. We need his hand. We need his peace. We need his joy. And we need that every single day. In in every day of life, in every moment of life, in everything we do throughout every single day, prayer is an expression of this. God, I need you. So flip that. If we're not praying, what are we saying? If we're not praying, we're saying we don't desperately need God. You see, prayerlessness at its very root is pride. If we're not a praying people, we become a prideful people because we've convinced ourselves that we can do all of this life on our own. And most of us in this house today, we've already come to the conclusion that that's not true. That we realize that we are in desperate need of a God in heaven to sustain us and carry us through this life. That we can't do this life on our own apart from God. You cannot carry out your marriage. You cannot carry out parenting or grandparenting, your, your life as a single, your, your job. You cannot make wise decisions in life. You cannot love as God tells us to love, serve as God has called us to serve. You cannot be the woman of God, the man of God that he has designed you to be, nor even experience the life that God has created you for, to live apart from this dailiness, this daily intervention and daily help that we desperately need from God. The reason we pray, and some of us in this room probably have a hard time admitting this, the reason we pray is because we're desperate. So I'll admit it. I'll stand up before 1,450 of you and say, I desperately need God. Every moment, in every situation. When my plans aren't working out as I hoped that they would, I desperately need God. But when my plans work out exactly how I hoped they would, I desperately need God. I'm in a desperate situation every day, and so are you. That we need the hand of God. We need the grace of God. We need the promises of God, the presence of of God. We we, we live just needing the Hail Marys. Not the Catholic prayer, but the football play, right? We're just kind of always in that that place of God. I just, I don't know what else to do. I'm just gonna have to give all of this to, to you. There's no activity in our lives that does not require and necessitate a dependence and a desperation on God. We desperately need his help. Secondly, we pray to scoot up close to God. That's a good East Texas phrase there, to scoot up close to God. We pray to to draw near to him, to be close to our God. Our, Our greatest need is not just to get stuff from God. Although Jesus does give us here an example of asking for things, of praying for things. We see that we pray for things, verse 11, daily bread. We pray, verse 12, for forgiveness. We pray, verse 13, we pray for his leadership in our lives. We we pray, verse 13, for his deliverance in our lives. But our greatest need, listen, Highland, is actually to know God. We miss that when we limit prayer to just a list of things that we want from him. If we always have our prayers like this, God, I need this and, and I need that, Did you notice something in in verse seven and verse eight? I hope your Bible's still open. Let me go back and read that again to you. Matthew chapter six, verses seven and eight. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they're gonna be heard if they use a lot of words. 
Don't be like them for your father. This is incredible. Amazing. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. God knows what you need. If God already knows what we need before we even ask him, what's the point in prayer? He already knows, so why are we asking? I mean, is God up in heaven with his notebook saying, oh yeah, I had not thought about that. John, that's a good thing. I had no idea you needed that. Oh, that's a good one, Tate. Oh yeah, keep going, Claire. I had no idea you needed all these things in life. That's great, Mr. Professor Smith. I will write that down. I had no idea you needed those things. No, he already knows what we need before we even ask. This causes people to wonder then, what's the point in prayer? Listen, the ultimate point of prayer is not getting something, but to know someone. It's to scoot up close to God. Yes, he already knows what you need, but he desires and loves so greatly that relationship with you that he wants you to come and ask. The realization of this will change our prayer lives. The primary point of prayer is not getting something from God. It is to know God himself. So this means, and this is gonna mess some of you up, but just stay with me for a second. The most important thing in your world is not your family. It's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your job, it's not your finances, it's not your grades, students, it's not your friends, it's not your health, it's not your success. The most important thing in the world is your personal intimacy with God because that affects and impacts everything else. Your family life is dependent on your personal intimacy with God because that impacts everything. Your marriage depends on your intimate relationship with the Father. Your kids, moms and dads, your kids need that from you. Dads and moms, your, your, your kids need that more than they need even the daily food placed upon their table. They need to see in you your relationship with the Father. Your, your job needs this. Those who go to school with you, they, they need this. The people around you need this from you. Your finances, everything. Everything flows from your close relationship with God. This is why Jesus says in verse six, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. So, so you set aside this time, you, you find a place, you get alone with God. In fact, this one practice might revolutionize a lot of your prayer lives in this room. Just two quick things. Where's your place and when's your time? Where's your place of prayer and and when is your time of prayer? And if you had a hard time just then figuring out the answers to that, let's all take that step forward together this week. Where's my place where I'm gonna meet with the Father? And what time will I meet him? A place and a time where you get alone, just you and the Father in heaven, and then look at the rest of verse six. And there the Father rewards you. Get this. The, The God of the universe is inviting you into relationship with him that is marked by nearness, by intimacy, by closeness. In a gathering this size, and there's a lot of followers of Jesus here, and probably a lot of you could say, it's been a long time since I have felt very close to God. It's been a long time since I've scooted up next to him and had real intimacy with God. Some of you in this room, you've had that at one point, but busyness and life and school and classes And everything else has gotten in the way of that nearness with you and the Father. I want to encourage you. In fact, I hope this this grips some of your hearts in this place. I want to encourage you in this. Could it be, would you have enough faith in this very moment to believe that God brought you here at this time, in this place, at this very moment for the next sentence I'm about to say to you? And here it is. God loves you so deeply 
that he wants you near him. That is the depth of love that the Father has for you to remind you that God loves you and he wants to scoot up close with you. I mean, we need him, yes, but, but also here he's inviting us to know him. This is the beauty and the power of prayer, to come close to God, to, to come into that room, to close the door and to be near the Father. Thirdly, we pray for Waco and the world to experience the power and the presence of God. This is one of the elements of, of the Lord's Prayer. This is the third thing you can write down. We pray for Waco. We pray for the world to experience the power of God, the presence of God. Uh, prayer is a means that God has given us to participate with him in what he is doing in Waco today. A prayer is the means that God has given us to participate with him in, in his worldwide activity today. So when we pray, it actually matters. When we pray, God uses our prayers as the means by which his purposes will be accomplished in our city and in our world. So when we pray, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God answers those prayers. God has ordained our praying to be a part of how the gospel goes throughout the world, how the kingdom of God is being established in our city. And if you don't live in Waco, you live in Lorena, just cross out Waco. Don't be offended if you're Lorena, Bristol, Eddie, Belmede, wherever else you may live. If you want to not use the word Waco, that's perfectly fine with me. But God has called his kingdom to come down on whatever city you're in, wherever you are. And so this is amazing. Prayer is not just for our needs to be met. Amazing that prayer does that. And it's not even just to scoot up close to God, amazing that he even invites us to do so, but you and I are a part of a worldwide event of God's kingdom coming down and stirring and impacting our city, our neighborhood, our world. And all this happens when you and I pray this prayer, oh God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in this city, in our nation, in the world as it is in heaven. We plead with the Father for his kingdom to be here. Let me give you a pattern for prayer. Uh, this may help all of us in this room take one step forward to understand this, this pattern. I'm gonna give you just, just an acronym here. The P is, is for praise. So when you enter in tomorrow morning, whenever your time is gonna be predetermined to meet with the Father, and you're gonna enter into that relationship with the Lord, you're gonna pray to him, I would encourage you to begin by praise. Worship God for who he is. Look at verse nine, our Father in heaven. Prayer starts with fixing our eyes, our heart's attention, our heart's affection on God. Just start there. Verse nine, hallowed be your name, holy be your name, set apart is your name. So start by praising God. Remember the primary point is not to get something, but to know someone. So I'd encourage you in your time of prayer, don't start with God, I need this. God, I need that. God is always honored when we ask him for things, but remember who we're speaking to because that will actually change what you ask for. When, when you worship him, you realize who, who you've scooted up next to, it might actually begin to change the list and the priorities and the inventory of all the things that you wanna bring before God because prayer is shaped by our understanding of the character of God. Prayer is shaped, our, our intercessions, our, our supplications, our list of things, it begins to be shaped But when we stand in front of God and we worship him for who he is. So start with this. Instead of, God, I need this, God, I want this, start with, God, I praise you. And I thank you that you're the God of grace. I worship you today, God, because you are a God who has provided for all of my needs. I praise you just as Jesus did. Holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. I thank you that you are this. 
I thank you for your name. Spend time worshiping him, expressing your desire to know him in the fullness of his character. And if it's physically possible, I would encourage you to, to do at least this part of prayer on your knees. To get on your knees before the Lord and worship him for who he is. Thank him for who he is. And just call out his attributes. Just call out his name. If you've done that several times, I'd encourage you to go do the one next step and that's just to, to lie flat on the floor, face to the ground and just worship the Lord for, for who he is. Maybe it's sitting in silence, just considering the greatness of God to pause from the busyness of life and just think about his, his greatness. Sing to him if you want to. Maybe that's why he said go into a room alone. He knew how you sang. Just go into a room alone and just sing to him if you want to. No, he's, he's pleased no matter what you sound like. Sing and worship. Worship God for, for who he is. Start with that, that P, praise. Then the R, repent. Confess your sin to God. I hope some of y'all are writing this down. Maybe get a pen or a pencil or some mascara, whatever. Just write it down somewhere. Got the P for praise, the, the R for repent. Confess your sins to God and acknowledge your need of him. It is obviously a part of, of how Jesus taught us to pray here in verse 12. Forgive us our debts, which means forgive us our sins. God, I need your grace. It is good to come before the Lord and to pause and, and ask him to, to show you some ways in your life that you're not honoring him or you're not pleasing him. Let me just give you a little warning. If you ask him to point out those things, he will point out those things. If you ask him, he will show you. So you confess your sin and maybe write out your confession of what is in your mind, what, what is in your words, what is in your desires, what's in your actions that are not pleasing to God. You may be tempted to think right here, well, that, that sounds depressing. Just like dwelling on, on my sin, considering all the ways that I've sinned against God, but it's not depressing when you realize that God delights in forgiving our sins. It's not depressing when you realize that, that, that God loves restoring us. You see, repentance leads to re restoration of relationship with God. So it's not depressing to list out your sins. It's amazing because your sins have been paid for by the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. Repentance leads to a deeper rest in Jesus. It leads to a deeper understanding of the gospel. Then the letter A, ask. Ask for specific things in your life. Ask for specific things in the lives of other people. I mean, don't, don't miss this part of prayer. Ask for specific needs. But, but I will tell you that it's amazing how different the asking is after you have spent time praising him for who he is. It's amazing how different the asking is after you repented to the Lord and confessed your sins to him. Instead of a list of what we want, now we're actually fixing our eyes on him and asking him what he wants for our lives because we should trust him far more than we trust ourselves. Here's the asking, verse 11. Give us this day our, our daily bread. That's the asking. God, I need you for everything today. God, I need you for food today. And this is when you can ask for other people. God, this person needs this. This person needs that. I, I would ask you to supply those things for my family, for my friends. And I would encourage you to, to pray and asking in two different ways. One, a, a planned way. And the other one, more kind of extemporaneous or, or spontaneous way. I think it's good to plan to regularly ask for things from God. For me personally, I, I use a little prayer list inside of my iPhone. That becomes my, my daily prayer list. I have specific things that I pray for in my life every single day. I pray specific things for my wife Jennifer every day. 
for my kids every day, for their spouses every day, for my two granddaughters every day, for my grandson that's about to be here in about two months every day. I, I plan those, those things out. I pray for a, a list of friends every single day. I pray for, for the staff every single day. And then I, I pray for you. That there's 4,400 covenant members at Highland. And so on the first of the month, I start at the beginning of the alphabet and I go down for 26 days. So today was, was A, this morning was A. So I prayed um, for Delilah and Amadi, Amitza. They were on my list today. I prayed for uh, Justin and Andrea, uh, Cece and Carolyn. I prayed for y'all this morning, for the Adams this morning. By the way, Anderson is the number one a, there's 18 Andersons, there's 14 Adams. Uh, I prayed for, for Ryan today, our drummer, um, and his wife, Veronica. There's 187 A's. And so this morning, I, I just went through and, and prayed all the last names. Doesn't take, doesn't take that long. Uh, what kills me is the R's, the S, and the W. That, that's brutal. We have uh, 475 S's in this, in this church last name. So it takes me a little bit longer, but the 17 Z's, I've got you covered all the time. And the one X, we have one X. Sonny, I pray for you amazing amounts of time every month because you got the one X in, 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 in the month. It is my planned way to, to pray for, for the membership of Highland by name. So at the end of every month, all 4,400, it was 4,400 as of this morning, are, are prayed for by name. That's my plan. So it's good to have a plan, but I also think it's really good to be spontaneous and to say, Holy Spirit, you lead me today in what to pray. Uh, how should I pray? And then, and then kind of see what comes to mind. And as, as the Spirit brings things or brings people to, to mind or countries to, to mind or ministries to mind or situations to mind, then, then you pray for that. And some of you, I know you have ADD and you're thinking everything comes to my mind at, at that point. I'm just saying that there's nothing that God will bring to your mind that you can't pray about. If it feels silly or it feels like way off the radar, I, I would go ahead and spend that time praying, even if it feels like it's so disconnected to what you're praying about, thinking about. If God leads you to pray for something, if the Spirit leads you to pray for something, pray for that. And I'd even go on record, some of you may disagree with this. If you pray for things that are useless and you pray for things that you don't need and you pray for things that are out of God's will, you know what I think, I think God does? He goes like this, hmm. Now keep praying. Because I think God loves this way too much to always give us everything we ask for. And so if you feel like you're gonna pray dumb things, just pray them anyway. And if it's not God's will, it's kind of like it bounces off of heaven anyway. So you keep praying for things according to scripture as the spirit also leads you to pray for people, to pray for situations, to pray for nations, to pray for government, to pray for cities, to pray for neighborhoods. That spontaneous prayer, that's inter, interaction with God. By his spirit, he's leading you. That's communion with God. Lastly, this leads to the why, yield. Yield and surrender your life to Jesus wherever and however he is, he is leading you. This, this is so much a part of the Lord's prayer, verse 13. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us out of evil. Deliver us away from evil. God, lead me, please. Uh, guide my life, direct my life. And it makes sense this would be the, the very last because you've prayed, you, you've repented, you, you've asked for things in your life and the lives of others. And as a result of that, now your life is so pliable. It is so surrendered, you can be led. Your heart is yielded to God. Verse 14 and 15 usually kind of messes up people. It shouldn't. If you've prayed for forgiveness, of course you'll extend forgiveness to others. Just as Jesus says right here. If you've prayed in verse 10, let your will be done uh, here just as it is in heaven, of course it's gonna make sense for you to forgive those who have hurt you, 
betrayed you, walked away from you. So the why is the yield. God, lead me. Guide me away from temptation. Guide me away from, from evil. I, I, I want to walk with you. So it begins with praise. God, I praise you for who you are, for your holiness, for your majesty, for your kindness, your goodness, your provision. God, I repent. I repent of my self-righteousness. I, I, I repent of an addiction. I repent of a bad habit. God, I'm asking. I'm asking for you to provide everything I need today. I'm, I'm praying for my friends over here. I'm praying for the church, I'm praying for members. I'm praying for staff. I'm praying for my family. I'm asking for you to do these things. Now, God, my life is yielded to you. It's surrendered. You lead me how you want to lead me. And my answer is yes before you even ask me the question. I'm yielded to you. One step. This week, could we all just take one step? Because all of our prayer lives could be better. Would you stand with me, please, for us to pray? Jesus, thank you for the reminder this morning of the importance, the necessity of prayer that we desperately need God. Thank you for the reminder this morning that God himself is our great reward in prayer. That at the end of prayer, we may or may not receive everything we asked for, but we will always get God. Father, by your grace this week, can we all just take one step forward in our prayer lives, understanding prayer, being responsive in prayer, being proactive in prayer, praising you for who you are, repenting of our sins, asking for the daily bread, and then living a yielded life, a directed life, a life that fully, a heart that fully belongs to you. God, have your way with us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're gonna sing a little bit more. Perhaps you'd wanna leverage this time to commit yourself to taking one step forward in your prayer life. Uh, for many of you, maybe it'd be a, a very spiritually responsible thing for you actually to leave your seat and come and just kneel before the Lord and say, God, I'm committing this week to, to taking a step forward. I was once close with you. It's been a long time since I have been near you, been intimate in relationship with you, Father. Life has gotten busy grades, class, success, that began to, to move forward as my relationship with you began to move back. Perhaps you wanna come and kneel and commit your prayer life to the Lord. There'll be some staff here at the front if you wanna pray with one of us. There's a situation in your life or maybe you wanna know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Let's leverage this time in the presence of the Lord to commit ourselves to sing, to come and kneel before him. God, here's our hearts. Help us to take one step forward in our lives of prayer. Let's sing together. Why don't you please come?